Welcome back to the Bite Me Nutrition Podcast. Uh, if you hear us chuckling, I'm look open. This is the third attempt we've had at record, recording this, so third time's the charm, right? Um, anyway, mm-hmm. I'm here with Jenna, who most of you should know, and if you don't know, what the hell, man? Sort yourself out. So, uh, but if for some strange reason, before you go sort yourself out, uh, I'm gonna get her to tell you uh, who she is, what she does, and and why she does it, and say hello. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I'm Jenna. If you, you know, people listening don't know who I am by now, there's definitely something wrong with you. Um, but (sighs) (laughs) just gonna go in hard. Um, yeah, I guess I'm dietitian, sports dietitian with Bite Me Nutrition. Um, definitely sort of posting all of that CrossFit content on the, the social media. Um, yeah, so I guess, you know, dietitian in one hand, um, I'm also a CrossFit coach. Um, I've been a CrossFit coach for, uh, I think, going on nearly four years now. Um, and then on top of that, obviously, a CrossFitter myself. Um, and so um, definitely, you know, amongst that world in terms of, okay, from a, a nutrition side of things and then very much from, you know, being on the floor, talking to people, you know, experiencing, you know, working with clients from the athletic side and the sort of nutrition side as well when it comes to to CrossFit. So, um, yeah, seen it all. <laughs> I'm sure there's a bit to see too, which we will definitely be be chatting about. When, um, how long have you been? So you said you've been a CrossFit coach for almost four years or over four years. How long have you been CrossFitting yourself? It is hard. It is hard to say. Um, I. Look, long story short, I when I graduated my first degree, um, not my not my only degree. When I graduated my first degree, um, I think I was in my early twenties. Um, moved halfway across Queensland to start my first job. Um, was working in a lab at the time, um, and I think this was back when CrossFit was just starting to get a bit more mainstream. Um, bunch of ladies in the the lab were doing it, and they were like, oh, "Okay, come along," you know check this thing out um so yeah did was like yeah cool this is great it's you know it's like turn up someone tells me what to do I go home it's you know no big deal I was like very much in the the bodybuilding Les Mills you know love me some good stuff yeah yeah. (laughs) um so yeah I was coming from that kind of background and I was kind of like oh yeah cool this isn't it's fine um left that job and then it wasn't for maybe a few years. I was living in England at the time. Um, and so I was across the world, um, all by myself. And then was kind of like, you know what? Um, I might give CrossFit another try looking for somewhere, you know, the biggest thing that drew it to me was, um, the friends that you make. I think that was Mm -hmm. the big thing that I remembered when I was doing it before. Um, I wanted somewhere that, you know, was expecting me to turn up, you know, being by myself, um, I wanted, didn't want to just sort of stay at home and socially isolate myself. So I wanted to, you know, get out and then, um, yeah, from there just sort of fell in love with it. Um, so that's why it makes it really hard for me to, to, to figure out exactly how many years <laughs> I've been doing it. Um, because it started and then I stopped for a very, you know, for a number of years and then yeah, got back into it, came back to Australia, kept going, became a coach. Um, and then here I am today. So I think if I had yeah. to put a number on it, I was going to say like six years. Maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't necessarily love at first CrossFit. It was a, no. It was a bit of a it, pause. Yeah, I definitely, I look, 
I, I I went back to my old. There's nothing wrong with bodybuilding. Nothing wrong with Les Mills. I just I went back to what was comfortable for me, and then yeah, definitely was like, yeah, I need to start try something different. This isn't you know, I don't know, no no hate on Globo gyms, um, but when you don't know anyone and you're in a whole different country, going into a Globo gym was like the most scariest thing that I've I think I was I was like no nah, I'm not going to do this um and then yeah if, if anyone that you meet that does CrossFit will probably tell you the exact same thing everyone in CrossFit gyms is just the most welcoming and it's always the community that draws you in first and then you stay for the rest of it yeah 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 awesome right yeah I think any client I've ever had who does CrossFit is very passionate about their box and you know everyone in it and like it's definitely not just a, a way to keep fit um, which is good, right? Because like community yeah. is a very important part of health. So it's kind of hitting um, a few different things. So that's cool. Are you still crossfitting regularly at the moment? Is your training look a bit different now? Yeah. So um, taking a little bit more of a, I guess, a sidestep from CrossFit, like solely CrossFit at the moment. Um, I, yeah, I got injured, um, I think 12 months ago, um, overtraining injuries, very, very common in CrossFit I've had multiple um so essentially yeah had to really pull back on the intensity um and so a long time rehabbing and working on strength um and yeah from that got super super strong um and was like well may as well use this to do something else um yeah the Olympic lifting side of things was always something that I enjoyed about CrossFit so yeah I've taken a bit more of a sidestep now um transitioning to I would say maybe 60% of my week is more Olympic lifting um, and then crossfitting on the other sort of alternate days to still, one, I still love it, but two, fitness um, for weightlifting is still very important. So um, not crossfitting as much as normal, but still definitely trying to get back amongst it. My fitness is, is as a weightlifter, my fitness has, has dropped a little bit. <laughs> I can imagine there's, yeah, that you'd lose the the top bit, the top bit of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So good segue. It's almost like we planned this um, into, I guess, fueling for CrossFit versus fueling for other strength sports. Obviously, it's got a lot of dumbbells and barbells and things. So I think a lot of people can think about bodybuilding, powerlifting, strongman's kind of its own weird thing. But I've heard people call strongman CrossFit with max weight, which I think is epic because that's pretty much what it is. But, you know, anyway, we've got barbells, we've got dumbbells and but it's not your traditional strength sports like the others. So how does fueling for CrossFit differ from those others? Mm. Yeah, I guess like we got to look at, um, I guess the similarities and the differences between them and because that then is going to de- essentially dictate, you know, how we fuel for them. Um, and so CrossFit, if you aren't aware, um, there's usually some kind of, I guess, strength component, always still your sort of traditional lifts, your back squat, deadlift, you know, bench, Olympic lifting, all of that kind of stuff. So um, there is still that traditional sort of strength building component. But then after that, um, there's a lot more of that metabolic conditioning. So your your metcons, your um, you know that that high intensity side of things. And I guess that's the biggest difference is um, the intensity. So um, I know I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you're guilty of it when we're in a weightlifting or a traditional sort of powerlifting, you know picking something up once, putting it back down kind of setting, um, you're going to take five, 10 minutes, hopefully not 10 minutes, you're going to take a few minutes between your sets, your heart rate's going to come back down. So, nah, we don't do that. Definitely don't I'm do that. 60 seconds tops. Actually, that would be bad as well. So anyway. <laughs> but 
when we have more of that sort of when we're focusing just on strength, the, the yes, your intensity, your heart rate is going to come up during your lift, but you get that recovery time afterwards. When we're looking at, I guess, CrossFit, so um, inside that sort of metabolic conditioning um, side of things is it, it's intensity. Your heart rate is up and it stays up. Um, and so we've got to remember that with intensity comes more of a utilisation of carbohydrates. And so, um, you know, still powerlifting, you know, Olympic lifting, all those strength-based sports, yes, there is still carbohydrates. It is still important. But when we're transitioning to the CrossFit realm of things, um, that uh, need for carbohydrates is just that little bit higher because we have that high intensity. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. So is that the main difference, just the like the amount of fuel and the the amount of carbohydrates? Yeah. In all honesty, the amount of fuel is probably the biggest difference. Our protein requirements, you know, they don't change too much depending on you know the kind of um style of, of strength training you're doing um but the the carbohydrates is definitely the, the biggest thing yeah yeah do you feel like crossfit has done a good job of telling people to eat carbohydrates <laughs> is that a leading question <laughs> no they haven't done a good job and this is probably um the thing that i guess like i'm most passionate about because being in um being in the space of crossfit more than just um an athlete or an everyday goer like turning up to the gym you know i've been through the the training courses and all that kind of thing i've been immersed in in the other side of it um and definitely you know the motto of um you know was it eat nuts and seeds no starch you know i'm not even going to say it because it just you don't need to listen to it um but yeah, CrossFit is notorious for demonizing, I guess, carbohydrates because they've lumped it all, all carbohydrates in the same boat um, and haven't really taken a step back to look at the bigger picture and, you know, the other things that influence health and all of those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, definitely, you know, the low carb diet is the bane of my existence when it comes to to talking to CrossFitters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I find it so crazy that probably one of the most carbohydrate-fueled sports is, yeah. Anyhow, so that's anti-carbs. Okay. <laughs> you're out there. You're doing. You're spreading the good word. Doing what you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms, so if like you said, protein intake fairly standard across the board. Um, fat we know it's kind of individual, um, but that carbohydrate intake, is that something I need to be? I need to be like I'm going to start crossfitting. Is that something that? <laughs> Anyway, is that Kat something did say that to me we... she'd be keen to do a CrossFit session if you know? So well, you two get the whole team that. involved. So, <laughs> what's the opposite of a team building exercise? <laughs> team destruction. Um, look, I would be potentially. I have some dumbbells downstairs. I have a barbell. I guess I could. I have bumpers, so. You've I'm... got one CrossFit workout on your list of of things to do. Oh yeah, that's right. I got yeah. Look. Oh, I have an air bike. I have no excuse, actually. Really, do I? No. Like the echo bike, actually. Sorry, an echo bike. Like, so anyway, yeah. not here to talk about me. We're talking about this fictional person who's started CrossFit. Um, yeah. Do I need to worry about my carbohydrates all day? Do I need to worry about them around my workout? Do I need to worry about them on rest days? Mm. Yeah. Help. I guess our favorite words as dietitian always, it depends. Um, but... <laughs> You know, as a bit of a, it, it depends on, I guess, um, your goals and and, and uh, what else we're trying to achieve. But from a performance 
standpoint, um, then yes, we need to be considering our carbohydrates mostly across the day. Um, but realistically around about around training that's where we have the i guess the biggest bang for our buck and so what that's going to look like is um you know what are we doing leading into training what are we doing during training and that's really for those people that are training more than an hour a day so for most you know the everyday gym or crossfitter i should say you know that nine to five warrior we don't need to really be super concerned about what we're having during a session um it's more for those that are you know doing those two, three hour sessions, that's, that's sort of, you know, another next level. And then what are we doing for our recovery as well? Because um, I am guilty of it. I'm very good at hammering that sort of pre-training sort of side of things, because that is really where um, you're going to see a huge, you know, increase in your performance because a lot of people aren't doing it, but we also need to consider the recovery. And so how we're spreading the carbohydrates out across the day, because again, CrossFitters and tourists, you know, five sessions a week, trying to back it up. It's just, um, you know, it's a recipe for disaster if we're not taking in that whole picture. Yeah. yeah. So, so pre and post being most critical. If I know you mentioned, um, it's going to depend on someone's goals. I'd say a common goal I see is clients who want to CrossFit. They want to get the most out of their CrossFit, but they're also trying to reduce some body fat. Um, where would you compromise first? on that carpet where in the day or with amounts or, or any of that stuff where would you compromise first yeah so it depends again on when someone is training it's, it, it's just natural it depends no, no. Um, <laughs> when okay so say we've got the scenario of someone that trains first thing in the morning um the first thing that i always talk to clients about when we've got body composition train um goals with um performance uh we've got to think of i guess you know, losing fat, we've got to be in that calorie deficit. It's, it is an intentional underfueling that we are going into. So we've got to take that into consideration that we can have one and the other. It just might be a slower process. Or if we really want to have weight loss, we're going to have to negotiate on performance. So it's a little bit of like um, test and adjust to sort of see where, where we, how, how I don't want to say how low we can go on calories because that's never how we want to be thinking, but where where we kind of sit with those two goals. Um, but we're saying that so our um, you know theoretical person that trains first thing in the morning um, within that calorie budget, I would be prioritizing your carbs around your pre-training, so your pre-training snack, then breakfast as your recovery meal. Potentially, then we could go slightly lower carb, maybe lunch, and then prioritizing that day leading into the next day as an evening meal. Um, and that would be sort of how we could still fit those sort of body composition goals, because obviously, you know, carbs and calories and all that kind of matter, but pushing things around to where we need them to support recovery and training. That's usually typically what how we would sort of juggle that. Yeah. So the timing is still. And like you said, it is a comp you're going to have to compromise to some degree, but mm -hmm. how little can we compromise on that, that performance? Um, yeah. You talked about pre-training and especially for um, uh, early morning trainers. Not that you talk about pre-training all that much. I certainly don't either. Um, and I'm sure you don't get many questions about it. But No, not at all. I know a huge one is I can't eat before I train. I feel sick. Like I'm not going to have eggs on toast and then go do a CrossFit workout. Um, yeah. So... What should I be eating? Why should I be eating? How can you be sure I won't vomit? 
Yeah, yeah. Look, and it, it's a very reasonable, um, I guess, objection that we get. Like I, I would never expect someone that's training at five o'clock in the morning to get up at three a.m. to eat their usual, you know, toast or porridge or anything like that. That's just it. it one, it's not necessary, and, and two, sleep is way more important. Um, and so often when we're talking about pre-training snacks, it immediately the the mind goes to a meal um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a meal. So the reason why we have to do it. And so if we consider, um, especially those people training first thing in the morning, it's a little bit of a diff- different situation towards the end of the day, but we have our last meal at night. Um, it's a carbohydrate rich meal. We're then going to sleep. Um, we're going to be asleep for maybe eight you know, ideally eight hours. Some people might be a little bit less, but we're going into essentially an eight hour fast. And through that, our body is still going to be breaking down carbohydrates. We're then going to wake up um, essentially, you know, somewhat depleted from the night from that carbohydrate rich meal. Um, And then we're going to go in and absolutely drain our battery. So we want to make sure that before we go in, we've got the fuel that our body needs readily available uh, to, you know, burn in that, in that workout, because we know, with intensity, we need more carbohydrates. So if we've got the carbohydrates there ready to go, we're going to get a better quality session. So you're going to lift more weights. You're going to run faster. You're going to do more reps. If we can do all of those things, we're going to get fitter, stronger. We're going to have better outcomes. And so we're improving the quality of that session, which I would argue for most people, especially CrossFitters, that is the most important thing. We all want to be beating the guy next to us. So if we're eating, we've got more fuel, we're going to beat the person next to us. It's just, you know, that's, I guess, how I would approach it. Yeah, with clients. Um, What you should be having. So this is where, okay, we don't need to be having that toast right before we, we, you know, exercise because can 99% guarantee you probably are going to lose it on that first burpee. So um, the things to prioritize is, all right, well, how close to training am I going to be eating? So if I'm going to be, look, if you're the kind of person that hits the alarm, rolls out of bed, straight in the car, straight to the gym, you've got 10 minutes, um, cool. We might be looking at something like some fruit juice or some lollies or something. Carbohydrate rich, very, very low in fiber. Almost sometimes, you know, somewhat partly broken down. I guess Um, if we've got a little bit more time, okay, maybe that could look like a piece of fruit, um, a muesli bar, a cereal bar or something a little bit bigger. Um, But the biggest thing that always try to, you know, communicate to clients is something is always better than nothing. And so if we can, as we're walking in the gym, stick two lollies in our mouth, I know it seems weird at five o'clock in the morning, that's going to still give you a better session than if you hadn't done that at all. Um, And so they're the biggest things looking for is okay, what kind of uh, prioritizing that sort of simple carbohydrate and then um, how soon am I going to be training is probably going to change small things within that snack. Um, but luckily, you know, feel like I'm an encyclopedia of pre-training snacks at this day. I can. Uh, my go-to resource. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried them all. I know which ones work, which ones don't work. Um, yeah. I love a good pre-training snack. Yeah, they're 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 well. I'm I'm just stick to LCMs or juice. That's my go-to. But what's your go-to at the moment, or do you have seasons? My OG is always going to be pureed fruit. I feel like I just can't get past it. It's just super convenient because you you know six o'clock in the morning, you just crack it, 
suck it on the way down and drive it in. That and juice, I think, are my two big ones too. Yeah. Mm. I'm not yep. the the rice crackers and the... It's too much work. I would just yeah. get honey everywhere and, yeah. Too much chewing. Um, yeah, there's that, that, a lot of chewing in rice cakes. Um, now, if what if I'm training, what if I'm an evening trainer? Mm. How does that change yeah. for my pre-training yeah. needs? So I guess we got to think about then, okay, well, we don't have that scenario of like where we're, you know, essentially going into a fast for the evening or for the, the you know, overnight period. Um, so it does change things slightly, but still not that much. So now it comes into when was our last meal? All right. So if we haven't eaten a meal within three to four hours, then we should definitely be prioritizing some kind of snack. Um, and it may then need to be, a bigger pre-training snack than something like some pureed fruit or a, a cereal bar or something like that, because we've got, you know, essentially if we've got more time, if we've got maybe two hours, we can have slightly bigger snack. Um, but still my general rule of thumb with most clients is okay. Cause most people are having lunch, maybe one, 12, one o'clock CrossFit doesn't start till four o'clock. Maybe you um, still have your, your regular sort of afternoon tea and then still have that sort of pre-training um, snack or primer, I guess, if you want to call it for something else, um, that's 30 minutes before we train. So literally as we're on our way to CrossFit, it's still not going to hurt to have that little bit extra boost going into that session. Um, so it's still important, I guess, for that evening sort of session, depending on what sort of the rest of your day looks like, but more so for those that are training first thing in the morning. I think that's yeah. probably, yeah, it, it comes down to when was your last meal? What was your last meal? Um, essentially, will dictate whether you need that pre-training snack. Yeah, okay. But why would you not? <laughs> I don't know. I am all, I'm in the camp of, like I said, something is always better than nothing. Um, it, it really comes down to we've got, I guess, a tight calorie budget and we are trying to make sure that we are within, you know, a, a certain uh, target okay, push comes to shove, we've got to make some allowances elsewhere. But, you know, a pre-training snack is, what, 20 grams of carbohydrate. It's really not going to make that much of a dent into a calorie deficit. Yeah, I, I feel like if that's getting you, then you probably should come talk to Jenna because she can probably structure your day a little bit better. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Okay, so virtually what I'm hearing is there's no way out of pre-training. Cool. Good. Did you hear that, everyone? Bloody hell. Um, I never thought I'd get so much pushback asking someone to eat lollies, but. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like you said, there's tons of different options out there. I'm sure we've got posts. I'm sure you've got posts on it. Maybe we can do a bigger post or, you know. Um, yeah, we like, so I typically would say to someone, play around a little bit with the timing, play around mm -hmm. with what you're having. I'm sure we can find something. Hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's like, the sky's the limit when you're thinking about a pre-training snack. Like if we, something with us, obviously we've got to make sure that there's no fiber, there's no fat and there's no protein because they're the things that are going to sit in your stomach. They're the things that are going to make you lose it when you start exercising. So, so long as we don't have any of that and we've still got that sort of, you know, 15 to 30 grams of carbohydrates, it doesn't matter what kind of thing that you have. And so that's why there's, there, there is zero excuse to not have something because I can guarantee you, I can find you something that you would it. tolerate. <laughs> yes. Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. So 
I'm being a good boy. I'm eating something before I train. Um, Post-training meal, you mentioned the importance of that and the carbohydrates in that. Um, what could that look like and what other things do I need to consider in that meal? Yeah. So the same thing um, if we think about, all right, well, what have we done in that that training session? We've used our muscles. So we've used the, the, the sugars that are stored in our muscles. So we need to replenish that. Um, we've also broken down some of our muscles so that's what you know it's the natural process of strength building we're going to have tears and all that kind of thing so they're the things that we've got to address so um it's kind of that repair refuel rehydrate you know to put a slogan on it um so what that looks like is okay then do i have some protein coming in so i need the protein to help you know rebuild the muscles that i've damaged do i then have carbohydrate as well to you know replace the fuel stores it's also going to help with um, the protein side of things with the absorption of the protein and all that, you know, science. Um, and then making sure that we're, we're rehydrating, especially coming into summer in Australia. They're the biggest things that we've got to think about in a, I guess, recovery meal. So I'm sure everyone's heard of, I guess, like the anabolic window and we've all got to chug a protein shake as soon as we, we finish exercising. Read my mind. Um, mm, mm-hmm. um, just everyone's standing around chugging protein shakes. Um, it's not necessarily the case. Um, ideally, we're sort of wanting to get something in within that first 90 minutes um, just to get the most bang for our buck in terms of um, our body is most receptive to that recovery state. So if we can get a meal and it doesn't have to be this is, I think, where people might tend to overthink things a little bit too much. It doesn't have to be anything outside your normal. Um, say you train first thing in the morning, it just looks like it's your regular breakfast, but we're still, again, making sure that there's some carbohydrate in there. We've got some protein um, and we're still you know, rehydrating across the day. Looks like dinner, looks like um, lunch. If we're not able to do that, then that's when maybe we need to maybe resort to things like protein shakes or, um, you know, those bloody Rockby smoothies. They're just, they can do no wrong. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by Rockby. No, it's not. I'm kidding. Everyone, that's a joke. I wish. But if we can't get a meal, all right, well, what what convenient thing can I have to start that recovery process? Because um, I can appreciate appetite is super low when you finish, especially high intensity exercise. Um, but we still got to make sure that if we want to, you know, get the benefits from the session that we did, we've got to give our body the nutrients to rebuild itself. Um, and so uh, we've got to, you know, get those carbs, the protein and some more fluid back in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think people definitely, they do one of two things. They either neglect it or they overcomplicate it and they think they need some kind of fancy pants post-workout option. Whereas like you said, your normal breakfast should have protein and carbs in it. And if it doesn't, that's that's a separate issue. Like fix mm-hmm. that as well. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. And I like, I'll, it might only improve that session by half a percent, but imagine if you could improve five sessions a week by half a percent. 52 Mm. weeks like what the hell that's going to stack very quickly so yeah yeah and it's going to be the difference between um i guess like you showing up maybe you know four times versus you get to the end of the week and you you can't get yourself out of bed because your your legs are so sore your core so sore you know there's a lot that goes into doms but you know that from that recovery standpoint if you're not recovering then you're not going back to the gym and you know well that's the the thing that most people enjoy so 
why wouldn't you do all of the things that you can do to get back to doing the thing that you enjoy? Um, mm. And then I guess also from like a, an injury and an, and an illness standpoint as well, like these are things that we also have to consider in the, that long-term picture um, to be able to keep showing up. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it, it's something that we do overcomplicate and I don't know if it's, again, I guess the nature of, I don't want to talk ill of social media, but, you know, we see all the can do no wrong. <laughs> the what I eat in a day videos and all of that kind of stuff. And, and we're yeah, thinking that breakfast has to be this elaborate thing or a post-training meal has to be this elaborate thing when, you know, a piece of toast and, and you know, if it's a protein shake, it's a protein shake is, is still an adequate um, you know, fine, a few other things in there as well, but that's still an adequate sort of post recovery meal. Um, so yeah, it doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you sort of touched on a few things then, which made me think, um, what are some signs that if someone isn't fueling properly, either acutely around that workout or chronically just overall, like a particular, if someone started CrossFit or I've got lots of clients who've been crossfitting for like two years and haven't realized that they don't have to feel the way that they feel. Um, what are some, mm -hmm. I guess, red flags to look out for that might indicate your fueling could use a bit of work? Yeah. The biggest thing that I've noticed that um, it, it resonates with a lot of crossfitters is in that kind of acute setting of um, you're doing a box jump or you're on the assault bike, you know, the assault bike, by nature, it's it's not the most fun exercise, but that feeling of like the legs just go heavy and you you can't get yourself out of first gear. And if you've ever felt like that after a workout where you kind of mentally, you're like, I really could have pushed in that workout and I just for some reason couldn't. There's, you know, a lot of other things that may be going into it, but most commonly we the body is not allowing us to sort of get into that second gear because we don't have the fuel to do it. And so... That's sort of the biggest things in that kind of acute setting, that sort of heavy legs, just not just not having that engine that you maybe normally do. From, I guess, a chronic standpoint, um, it's not normal to feel that sort of beat up feeling all day, every day, the entire week. Like you should be recovering. Um, if you're chronically getting sick or injured, they are big signs that um, you're not feeling enough. If um, your mood changes, if your sleep changes for women, obviously if we have changes in our menstrual cycle as well, they're all very big signs that something is going on um, and we're not getting enough uh, energy and enough fuel to, to, you know, support all of the activity that we're doing because it is high intensity. It is a lot of work um, that you're doing in a short period of time and I think people don't realise that the accumulation of that over time as well has a big, um, does put a big strain on the body. So it is super important that we, we're, you know, fueling ourselves for, for that amount of work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Good. I hope everyone listened to that. Uh, and, <laughs> but if I don't want to do that, can I just take supplements? Yes. Is that a yes? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sensing yes. <laughs> No, um, look, again, not to, we, I think the thing that, that I guess the number one, if I had to say the number one thing that, um, number one mistake that CrossFitters make, and it's not their fault, 
It's that we have so much information now available to us. We're following all of, you know, those CrossFit Games athletes. We're following all of the people that, you know, you're only seeing like 1% of their day and they're trying to make money as well. So they're, they're selling you their diet plan. They're selling you their supplement. And so it's quite easy to get sucked into um, thinking that we need all of these things. Um, um, did you buy apple cider vinegar gubbies? Because... No, I, I, I fortunately, I, I wrote a song about them and then I got blocked by them. Um, but no, I didn't buy them. But yeah, <laughs> I saw that and that was devastating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's just, yeah, there's so many people out there trying to, and look, not uh, no, nothing against the athletes that are doing it. They're trying to make some money. But it puts this idea in a lot of um, CrossFitters that, in order for me to be like them or to perform like them, I've got to be having this supplement. And it's really not the case. Um, it's like I said, you're not seeing the rest of their day. You're not seeing how many calories they're having, how many carbohydrates, the protein, how they're spreading that, you know, out across the day, um, which is going to give you so much more uh, bang for your buck in terms of performance than taking something like a pre-workout or BCAAs or, you know, Look, even protein powder in, in certain essence. I've had clients that have taken drinking three protein powders a day, protein shakes a day, because they think that that's what they have to do in order to, you know, meet their their protein requirements or, or gain strength and all that kind of stuff. And um, so, no, you definitely don't need to be taking supplements. There are a few that definitely have some benefits, but if you're not doing the rest of it, that's not going to be what makes or breaks your performance. It's um, the bigger picture of everything else. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and let's say then, okay, I've been a good boy. I've listened to this podcast. I'm eating before I train. I'm eating after I train. I'm doing all the right things. I'm fueling enough. My legs don't feel necessarily heavy. Like, yeah, they're always going to feel heavy on the assault bike, but I know exactly what you mean. There's there's heavy and then there's like concrete. Concrete, okay. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember that was that was one of the phrases you brought to my attention, that concrete legs. So, um, mm. yeah, so, but let's say I'm doing all of those things right. What supplements are worth my attention if I'm looking for that last 2%? Yeah, there's probably, look, I'm not going to put, caf caffeine is technically a supplement. I'm not going to put it in with everything because I think that that is definitely individual based. So, you know, caffeine is out there, but the big three that I recommend most often to um, CrossFitters. One, good old-fashioned creatine. I feel like if you are going to take anything, take your creatine. Um, it's, look, it's got the most evidence. It's it's the most, you know, you, again, if you follow us, I'm sure you understand the importance of taking <laughs> yeah, what's, creatine. What's creatine? When should I take it? How much should I take, Jen? <laughs> Kidding. We don't need to go into those. Just yes, creatine. Yeah. So creatine is probably <laughs> number one. The other one, um, and again, you know, everything comes back to the assault bike. Beta alanine. Um, so it has a lot of um, benefits in that sort of like endurance sort of standpoint. And um, we all have been there, sitting on the assault bike. You feel that burn, that lactic acid, like that's, um, you know going to lead us to fatigue and so if we're taking the beta alanine you know th that's the benefits of, of that kind of buffering we can do more work because we're not fatiguing as much so beta alanine definitely um and then um one that this is actually one that you brought my attention to is citrulline malate and i i was on the fence for a while 
Um, I was always kind of like, I don't really need the party pump, um, but it's definitely... Everybody needs the party pump, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) It is definitely um, another one of those ones that, you know, um, it's, it's, as a whole, it's going to help, you know, we've got um, the strength side of things, the recovery side of things, that sort of endurance, and now we're getting um, more, I guess, blood flow and, and, and everything to the muscles, so it's kind of like tying everything together nicely with our carbohydrates before we train. So um, those three would be the only three, not actually, I shouldn't say the only three, but the top three that I would recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need all of them? Or if I was going to just do one or two, like what, yeah, what would you recommend? Do that. (laughs) If I should do creatine. (laughs) Creatine is probably like the blanket one that I would would recommend to everyone. In all honesty, it it depends on your goals. And so, um, you know, some people, they just want to turn up to the gym. They just want to, you know, be strong enough, be fit enough to run around after their kids. Um, You know, they want to dust off the cobwebs from their workday. They're not there to really and this is absolutely fine I've also been there they're not there to be the fastest person or the strongest person and so for them okay cool creatine would still definitely be one that I want to take maybe the beta alanine the citrulline we can we can you know come and go on um if you are maybe that person that is really trying to push to be the fastest person that you can the strongest person then you know okay let's look at taking all three um but as a kind of like a baseline I do think that creatine is is for the general CrossFit population is going to um, give you so much more improvements or bang for your buck with very, um, I guess, little effort. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And if anyone wants to learn more about creatine, go to Jenna's Instagram or my Instagram and probably look at one of the last three posts we've made. It's probably related to creatine. Otherwise, I think we've definitely got a blog on it. We may have a specific podcast on it. If not, I will absolutely record. No, I'm sure we do. Uh, And then, yes, so there's lots of other info out there. But, um, yes, cool, 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 cool. Uh, I think that's everything I want to talk about. I think that's awesome. We've got a really good idea of uh, how to eat, why we should and how we should eat before and after. Uh, If we are looking to manage body fat levels and performance, how to kind of juggle that a little bit. talked about supplements uh i don't know is there anything i miss is there anything that you've seen in your travels or come across as a i don't know a common misconception or a big red uh, a big mistake that lots of crossfitters commonly make yeah i think the the biggest mistake would probably be coming back to this idea that um you know we're given so much information and there, and it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Um, and we're sold so many fancy, you know, diet trends. And if you just did this, then you would, you know, drop body fat. If you did this, you, you know, um, the biggest thing, I guess the biggest red flag, um, or the thing to pay the most attention to is, okay, you know, am I dropping my calories is too low? Because like I said, we've got this trade-off of, okay, if we've got body composition goals and not everyone has body recomposition goals and that's absolutely fine. Um, What am I doing with my calories? All right. Because that's sort of the biggest thing. Um, And then the red flags around, okay, are we demonizing carbohydrates? Are we demonizing simple carbohydrates as well? So, you know, um, the breads, the pastas, the rice, all of that kind of stuff. If you see anything that's telling you 
not to eat those things, then that's not the, that's not the advice that you should be following. Um, And I guess with that, those, the sort of high protein trend, I think there's so many things out there and I can appreciate I've been there myself. It's so confusing, but um, I guess those are the big red flags to look out for is, 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 you know, um, am I demonizing certain foods, especially carbohydrates? Are we dropping calories super low? Am I consuming, I don't know, 2.5 grams of protein per kilogram? Like those kinds of things, they're all unnecessary. Um, And all of that's doing is just creating confusion and, um, you know, making it even harder for people to get results because it all sounds a little bit too hard. So, um, yeah, I guess that's that's my big, yeah, that's my biggest gripe with with nutrition and CrossFit is... um, it's made overly complicated when it really doesn't have to be, um, especially for 90% of the population of, of CrossFitters that are, you know, working full-time, kids have lives, all of those things. Like we don't all need to strive to eat like an elite athlete. There is definitely some things that we can all do starting with eating before we train. Yes. Excellent. Like I said, if you want to learn more about eating before you train or creatine or pretty much a lot of the things I know <laughs> Jen has done amazing posts on eating before you train with examples and eating after you train with examples, all of those things. So make sure you check her out um, at Instagram, at Instagram, on on the Instagram. Uh, uh, she's at Jenna Stein. I'll link it in the show notes. But again, like, come on, guys, like surely you're already following her. If you're not, though, do so. Um, yeah. And if you want to, I'll, I'll do it because she won't. Uh, if you are listening to this going, oh man, this is me. This, I'm doing all of these things. I need help. Um, shoot her a message on Instagram or if you know, truly know that like, nah, I need a plan. Mm-hmm. Go to our website, book a call, um, get a plan built for you that builds all those things into it, but also takes all the guesswork out of it. So awesome. Um, thank you so much for... No problem. Thanks for the Thank chat. you so much for coming on. Yeah, uh, it was great. I, uh, like I said, we've got tons of CrossFit people um, in our world. So it's um, really good to kind of get it, just all the stuff they need to know in one place. Mm-hmm. So amazing. Uh, I'll keep an eye out for your next Eat Before You Train post. Oh, I'll send it your way. Definitely. Epic. Awesome. Thanks, Jenna. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.